Okay, everybody. Guess what? I cannot believe it. Kate, let me come back on. She gave me permission. She said the first one, I guess, sounded okay. I'm just kidding. She was so sweet, and you guys were so kind. I can't tell you how many DMs I got from you fellas just saying, "Hey." I really, really love what you were saying. I got some really encouraging messages. I even got some messages from the girls. Now, ladies, if you're going to stick around, you're more than welcome. But fellas, this has been so cool. I am so honored. I am so blessed to be here talking to you guys today. And what we're going to be talking about today is dating and the church friend group. Why is it so hard? <laughs> and why is it so complicated? And then we're going to talk a little bit about how to actually do it. So this is episode two on the Midi Mansoed Fridays. Happy Wildlife Friday. We got some housekeeping updates for you guys. So first, we got the conference. We got a little mole running our social media who is leaking out the details. Yeah, they're leaking them out. So the conference date and the location is, here we go, you guys, here we go. It is in Atlanta, Georgia, February 17th and 18th. Y'all, it is going to be popping virtually and in person. This is going to be a really, really special conference. I can't wait to tell you who we got lined up. Y'all, I, I just, it's gonna be lit and I, I can't oversell it enough. Heart of Dating Conference 2023, you know it's going to be lit, whether it's virtual or in person. We have story after story of people meeting. We have people getting engaged from this conference we did last year. So come make your new best friend, maybe meet somebody more special than your best friend, if you know what I mean, and come check it out. We can't wait. Number two, TSA Men's Group. Y'all, we're restarting the TSA men's group. That's going to be in the second week of November. We had about 100 dudes in the Heart of Dating men's group, so we're we're reviving that group. We're super, super excited. We got some segments this week in the podcast. We're going to talk about what I'm loving this week and some questions in my DM. So let's go ahead and jump in and let's do this. So what I am loving this week well, I'm just going to highlight a couple things that I'm really loving for you guys to maybe take note. I hope it encourages or inspires you and you at least come away with a few things this week that you can try out. And I'm not going to lie, spiritually, guys, you've heard Kate talk about it, I'm sure at this point. We have been practicing the Sabbath and I'm not going to lie. Kate had to drag me tooth and nail, kicking and screaming to do the Sabbath with her because yes... We do it the old-fashioned way, like 5 p.m. to 5 p.m., no electronics. We're having a big meal. We are feasting. We are just delighting in God for 24 hours in whatever way possible, and it's tough. I'm not going to lie. It stings to lose football. I definitely complained about it a lot, but I'm telling you guys, my whole week now is different. My whole week I crave the connection and the fellowship I had with friends and God that I got on the Sabbath. John Mark Comer has been doing a series on this called The Rule of Life and Practicing the Way. 
where they have specifically been talking about the Sabbath. And one way he talks about it that I love is they say Monday through Wednesday is kind of like a Sabbath hangover. And then Thursday through Saturday is I can't wait to the next Sabbath. And that really is how it goes. I'm not lying. It really has changed our spiritual formation in life and it's been amazing. And I think you guys might like it. Book wise, I've been reading a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And one of the first things they say is, you can only be as spiritual mature as you are emotionally mature. You can only be as spiritually mature as you are emotionally mature. And that for me, if I could encapsulate kind of like that evangelical non-denominational upbringing of mine, that really stuck out because we're kind of told to suppress or pray away our emotion and God created those emotions and he even demonstrated them in his life in Jesus as a human. And so what does it look like to identify emotion healthily and grow it healthily with our faith? It has rocked my world. Lifestyle wise, you guys are going to love this and I hope it encourages you. I'm ramping back up in the gym after a month of my honeymoon, which is aka me eating six crepes for breakfast, Nutella, baguettes, and ice cream. That was my honeymoon diet for like four weeks. I extended it a couple weeks and I loved it, but I lost every single part of my gym gains. Everything I, I did for six months leading up to the wedding, I just like disappeared overnight. And so for me getting back into my gym routine, it actually looked like just getting to the gym like once a week. And then the next week I got in twice and then I built up to three and then I built up to four. That personally has really, really helped me. And now my body kind of craves it. So if you guys are trying to get back in the gym, try it out that way and let me know what you think. And then last one, you ready? Media-wise, we watched Woman King for date night last week, and I'm not going to lie, it was sick. Viola Davis, from the first scene of the movie, she comes out and their traps are popping. They are some, you know, really, really intimidating women in that movie, and they, like, do not mess with them. I can't tell you how intimidated I was watching that movie, and it's got a great, great plot, lots of character development. And it is really just a special, awesome movie. So that is it for what I'm loving this week. The second thing that we're installing this week, you ready? Questions in my DM. So I'm going to be highlighting a question I got that week and sharing the answer with you guys because the reality is that you guys are going through a lot more things in common than what you realize. So my man said, hey, there's this girl, we're chatting it up. She's been busy with traveling, serving at church and work, which I totally get. Side note, that's awesome. That's kind of like one of those telltale signs that you're talking to a woman, not a girl, okay? And she says, I pitched the idea to visit a corn maze slash pumpkin patch and get dinner after that. Love that date. She was down, but doesn't seem to give me a clear timetable to when she's free. She's busy all week and I don't want to press her too hard about planning out the deets to avoid coming off too thirsty or trying too hard, you know? So how should I go about it? If that makes sense. Dude, every guy hearing this episode is like, I go through this question on like a weekly or daily basis. The reality is you have to find a way to package the follow-up, maybe in like a flirtatious, nice, kind, accommodating way. So what I said back to him was, hey, your response could look like this. Oh, by the way, 
I would still love to take you out and I know that you are super busy. So I would love to accommodate to your schedule and plan it out in advance. Side note, I also heard that some women's love language is Google Calendar invites and planning. So I guess you could say this is my attempt at that with a winky face. Boom, you see how we did it there? So I hope that helps out you guys. I hope that gives you a good framework. And we are going to jump into the episode, baby. So last week, we had an awesome podcast that you guys loved. We talked about not overlooking the amazing girl and community whose beauty is revealed over time. So naturally, that brings us into today, okay? You guys say, well, how do we date in the church friend group? And why, if we're being realistic, is it so dang complicated? Why is it so hard to date in the church friend group? Dude, I have been there. I know what you guys are saying. Personally, Kate and I really think that there's a lot of pros and cons. And so when I outline this podcast for you guys, I would say that the pros, which we are really, really for, if you had to poll all the pastors and we were just talking to a pastor at a massive church in the Southeast, he was saying the same things. We love when young adults date in the community for a few different reasons. Number one, my favorite one, is it gives ample time to evaluate their character and their fruit. This means whether it's for six months, a year, year and a half, whatever it is, is you have a ton of data that you have collected just from the sideline, the bleachers, the stands, on just evaluating them, right? They have not put their best date face forward for you. You get to see in community group and church and running the the children's, you know, uh, sessions together on Sunday morning for Sunday school, you just get so many awesome snapshots of their character over time. And you get a really, really good idea of not just who they say they are, but of who they actually are. I love that. Number two should be, it should be low stakes dating. I firmly believe if you guys date well with boundaries and really honoring the other person, you can create a church dating atmosphere where you take them out on Friday night. And if it does not go to the next date, you should be able to see them on Tuesday night at a community group and say, hey, how's your week going? And it not be weird and it not be awkward. I'm not saying it happens like that perfectly every time. I know that it can get a little bit more messy than that. But hypothetically, I think if both sides are showing up well, both sides are honoring one another, and both sides are observing boundaries, I think that you should be able to show up the next week and check in and it not be weird or awkward. I really think it should be low stakes dating where it can just be a date. And if it doesn't work out, it should be low stakes. Number three, I love it because you already have a foundation of friendship. I cannot tell you guys the majority of the couples we meet tell us one thing. Well, we started off as friends and then X led to Y, and here we are married. There's a reason why this formula and framework I personally think is so successful because the foundation of friendship is the foundation that you have to build a relationship on. Emotional connection, romantic attraction is just not enough. There has to be a foundation of friendship for a healthy relationship to play out. That's why it's so easy to build 
on top of a foundation of friendship. You can build a romantic attraction. You can build that relationship on top of the friendship that already exists. It's like concrete. I love it. I love that picture of just a thick, you know, really, really strong concrete foundation of friendship. And then the last one, you ready? This is a pro and a con. This is the irony of it. But the last one is that there is communal accountability. Let me say that again, because I know it's kind of hard to understand me sometimes. There is communal accountability. So that means, yes, in a great way, if a man is out there acting a fool, crossing boundaries, dating like he should not be dating as a Christian man, there is communal accountability, meaning when he goes back and she goes back, he is going to hear about it, whether it's from her friends, his friends, an authority figure in the church, if he's acting up, and there should be communal accountability that he hears back why that was not okay. I'm a big fan of that, and that is a really, really good, healthy thing when done well. Communal accountability, because the reality is this, and I have done this. This is me admitting to it and just being honest with you fellas. There is nothing worse for us than dating a woman who has no mutual friends, who has no common groups, who has nobody that she knows in our life because we go out and there's no accountability to what we are saying, what we are doing, how we are closing that relationship, how we are progressing in that relationship, how we are observing boundaries. If you choose to go out and date somebody who you have nobody in common with, I know that there is a temptation and there is a reality that you have a little bit of a leeway. You have a little bit of a slack on that leash to kind of act up. And that is just me being honest. So if you guys are going to date outside of community, that is definitely a temptation and something to be really cautious of. I want you guys to be aware of this so you can date wisely. It's okay. I dated Kate way outside community. I didn't have really a single common friend with her. And that's where we are starting. So I just want to say and put that out there. I'm with you. I've experienced that before. And I have failed in that multiple times. So as you are on the dating apps, as you guys are doing long distance, just be aware that one of the pros of dating in community is that accountability. So that being said, of course, let's talk about the cons because <laughs> there's a lot of them. <laughs> And they're outside of your control sometimes. The reality is this one's a little bit more lighthearted at times. And then there's a deeper aspect to it. But there's a lot of unspoken pressure and communal interests. So let's just be real. So romance, like outside of dating and church community, romance, like us as humans, we just have this draw to it, right? It's thrilling and it's exciting there is a reason why The Bachelor and Love is Blind is addictive, right? They literally hook us in. I can't tell you. Kate and I watched the Love is Blind, and as a dating coach, she's getting amped up. And as somebody who's just hooked on the romance, I'm like getting amped up like, bro, what are you doing? You know, so we all get so invested, and we can't help it. There is a reality, and men, if you find yourself doing this, it's cool to check in with your boy, maybe tease him and rag him if he's really close about his church crush. But as it comes to applying pressure to making it happen and when it happens, 
I personally have learned that the best way forward is to just let the man pursue the woman he's interested in. Let him make his independent decisions and let him learn from the mistakes. If he wants to come talk to you about it, guess what? He will, okay? So just let your boy be your boy and let him learn the hard way. Even if he's maybe not doing it the best way, just let him do it. Now, the unfortunate reality and the deeper aspect is the communal interest and the pressure can be very overbearing. This is when what is happening is going beyond just the close friends who are involved and all the details of success and especially failures are being shared. When the failures are being shared and those embarrassing details are being shared with the greater group, this doesn't just damage the individuals and the parties involved, but it damages the health of the group. It really does. The stakes are high here, and this is what makes me so sad. I'm, I'm going to say it. I, I hate it when this happens because I love the church. I love a thriving, healthy, young adults group where they can date independently in the group and still honor one another. And there's just nothing more worse than the cancer of slander, of gossip, and failures and embarrassment being shared that damage the health of the group. So that's what I just want to say is the stakes are super, super high here, and you're hurting the church when you decide to partner and the overbearing pressure, the oversharing of details. I know it's juicy. I know it's dramatic. But just we got to respect these boundaries and let these people be. Let them make their decisions. And then if they are your close friend, I think you're privy to details. But other than that, it's just not the business of other people to be discussed. And it can cause a lot of harm. And then the last con I would just highlight is the potential whiplash and embarrassment, especially, especially if there's like failure as a guy in the sense of like, you put yourself out there and you were rejected, right? Or the date just didn't really work out. Or maybe you did show up like a little poorly. You didn't cross major, major lines, but maybe it just, it wasn't your best shot or date. So there can be a major lack of grace and scrutiny from our female partners, knowing that whatever we did, good or bad, we're putting ourselves out there, and whatever we did, good or bad, is liable for in-depth discussion at Women's Night over their charcuterie and wine. Like, that's super daunting. So I totally get it. It is a con in my book to have that as like a liability that, you know, whatever it is, it's like fair game for them to potentially go back and talk about. So that's exactly some of the cons and some of the pros and exactly why is it so hard? Well, because there's just a ton of fear, right? There's fear of rejection in the communal embarrassment that follows it, right? So if I asked out a girl at the grocery store and she said no, well, guess what? My homies are not going to be dogging me about it. Uh, the girls in the community group are not going to be dogging me about it. I'm not going to be laughed out. Uh, she might go talk to her friends about it, but the chances of that reaching back to me is going to be very, very low. That's why we love asking out strangers here because there's just very, very low stakes if they say no, right? The second thing is there's fear of maybe repercussion or failed opportunities after asking out one. So it should not like if I had, you know, Eminem playing right now, like lose yourself, it should not be like you got one shot, 
one opportunity would you capture or let it slip like <laughs> if you blow one uh dating opportunity then you blow all the future ones right like that is why it can be hard because if you fail once you fail for all your future prospects right you should not have to choose that wisely and then the last one is the friendationships galore so a friendationship is this really was a new definition for me. It's when one or both parties involved have more than friendly feelings, right? And that's really, really tough because when friendationships go unchecked, untalked about, and unaddressed, they can develop into really, really high pressure, uh, highly disappointing situations. And when you have a lot of friendationships occurring with interest, which is going to happen when you put single young adults who are great Christian men, who are great Christian women in the same room, there's going to be feelings involved. They're going to be attracted to one another. Like it, it is just the law of attraction, <laughs> right? But the friendationships present a lot of risk in the sense of like, there's just a lot of potential hurt and disappointment, especially when one side is feeling it and the other side is not. That's why it's so hard and complicated to date in the church friend group. So boys, how do we address this? <laughs> you know, I love you and you know, we can talk about the pros and cons and how hard it is. But if I'm going to be real with you guys, we got to talk about what we do to address this as men. So I have something for you guys. It's a gut punch. I'm not going to lie, but it is the truth. The reality is that we have to level up as Christian men who seek to honor first and build connection second, right? We seek to honor and serve the female, the community, and God first, and we build connection second to that. I love Psalm 15, two through three. If this could be like our mission statement in dating and community, it's the one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others. I love the dichotomy. You get a great, 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 great view on the snapshot of a man who's blameless, doing what is righteous, who can speak truth from his heart while prohibiting, right, uttering slandering, not wronging our neighbor and casting slurs about somebody, even though we might have the right and we might have the feeling to do so. But I want to talk to you men for a second. If I could pull you outside and just grab you by the shoulders and say one thing, it's we want to be men who the women cannot help but brag on. I want to be a man who truly leaves them better than I found them. I want to be a man who leads with grace and with clarity. These are men. We want to be godly men who elevate the health and the honor of the community of her over our desire to date. That is how we change it. That is how we date and community where men who leave the women better than we found them, who leave with grace and clarity, and we honor and serve them in the community over our desire to date and find a spouse. Now, if I'm being real with you guys, there is another side to this of the equation, which is which is our female partners, right? And this just comes with dating and maturing, but 
you have to recognize that there is always going to be a risk that if you're going to make an ask, if you're going to go out on a date, then there's always a risk that she is going to go back and talk to her women. And you cannot control if they go out and they talk to their friends. So you have to realize that there is a degree of the female partner here in community that is out of our control. And for me personally, I would just encourage you to use discretion. If the girl that you would like to ask out or you are going out with is maybe a talker who has a lot of friends who have a lot of friends, you have to be okay with absorbing the risk of asking her out. And if it doesn't go well, and if, if she talks and they talk, then guess what? Thank goodness our identity as men does not depend on their opinion of us and what they say about us. Our identity as men depends and rests on something so much greater, which is the sacrifice that was made on our behalf and who we have been created to be and our godly identity that we choose to walk in today. Thank goodness my identity, that JJ's identity does not depend on what I do or how I fail, but it's who I am in Christ, okay? And then the last thing, what we'll talk about next week, and I cannot say this enough, I love it. We have to end it well as men, regardless of who is doing the rejecting, whether you are the one who is passing out the rejection or you are the one who is receiving the rejection, it is on you men to end it well. I cannot tell you how many times I look at my past and the dating relationships where I foolishly, selfishly ended these dating relationships and it caused damage to them, to me, and the dating community. I This one was not in community or else it would have been even worse, but I literally at one point in a dating situation ended it with, quote, let's push pause. Let's push pause. And I was adamant about using that so I could keep the option open later. I was on the fence. I did not know on whether or not I should continue, but I do know in retrospect, there was too much lack of peace and uncertainty after the third or fourth date that it was not honoring of me to say that. I should have been clear. I should have been kind and I should have been okay just releasing it and saying, I'm so sorry. You are amazing. I just do not see myself moving forward onto a fifth date or a future relationship with you. I would love to be friends and I totally understand if that's not doable for you right now. I would love to maybe follow up and see what that looks like in a couple months, if that's okay with you. I wish I would have said that. I wish I would have ended it well on that side of rejecting. And I wish I would have ended it well when I was being rejected. They're not entitled to go on another date with you. They're not entitled. We take it way too personally sometimes as men. So end it well. We'll talk about it next week. But I hope this episode was awesome for you guys. I have really loved serving you guys. I can't tell you what a privilege it is to be here talking to you about my failure and about how Christ has led me and taught me and the wisdom I get to share with you guys because I love you. So if Kate doesn't cancel my men's minisodes after this episode, I will see you for episode three. Happy Wildlife Friday. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Be blessed, extend grace and accept grace in Jesus name. Amen. Let's go.